Good morning, good morning. Welcome to this, the day the Lord has made, and this, the house of the Lord, with you, the people of the Lord. We are so honored that you have gathered with us in worship as we praise our living God. There will be many ways in which we celebrate that this morning, through scripture reading, through prayers, through sermons, through songs, through your own voice and participation in this after this service as well. Uh, this has been a series we have just begun last week, and I want to make sure that you remember a very important thing. It is the name of this series, which is, if this is your first time seeing it, you might think that we put the same word on here twice, just in two different fonts. But it is a different word, each of those. Do you remember what they are? Content content. Thank you. Say it with me. Content content. 
This is our mantra for the next couple of weeks, that we are content with the content of our lives. And so we hope that during this time, as we have conversations around mental and emotional health, that you are working towards and trying to find ways to help others be content with the content of your lives. So if there is an opportunity over the next couple of weeks or longer where you are wrestling with whatever hardship is in your life, whatever uh, thing is going wrong, whatever thing is not working as you hoped it would, to take a deep breath and breathe out and say content content. And remember that that is the goal, to be content with the content of your lives. Know that you are loved and you are worthy of just that. God has said so. We'll spend a little more time with that today. I do want to bring your attention to two quick announcements. Uh, the first, tomorrow morning, we are so thankful to finally welcome Eastlawn Elementary School back into their school year. For those of you that have been following or you have your own kids that are not yet in school, I know it has been a stressful time. And so we are thankful that the schools will be starting even though it is a little late tomorrow. Um, we, as we gather, you've seen emails or on Facebook or whatnot. I need you to hear this one quick correction is that tomorrow we will gather at Eastlawn Elementary at 9.45 to welcome them in. They'll be walking in uh, shortly after that. 9.45, don't listen to the email, don't listen to the uh, Facebook post. It's 9.45 at Eastlawn Elementary School. So if you'd like to come and be a part of that, please, we would love to have you. It is a joyous time. It won't take very long. Uh, and then the other thing, of course, as we continue this conversation on mental and emotional health, next Sunday, September 17th, as we gather together at 4 o'clock in Aldersgate, we'll hear from Dr. Harold Koenig, uh, who is the director of Center for Spirituality and Health at Duke University. He'll be sharing his own research and findings on what it looks like to be a part of a faith community and how that affects your mental and emotional and physical health. And so we definitely want you to come and be a part of that. Uh, youth will be going to putt-putt during that time. Uh, and the rest of you, we would love for you to come down and spend a little time with us as we have that continued conversation. And with that, I will welcome you to this day and as we let Dr. Matt lead us in opening this service.
I invite you to stand in body or in spirit as we join together in our call to worship printed in your bulletins. In the healing presence of Christ, we gather this morning. Like a blind man, we ask Jesus to open our eyes. Like the desperate woman, we want to touch his cloak. Like the little children, we want to be with him. Like the leper, we want him to free us from isolation. We come as we are, to receive and to give. To be blessed and to be a blessing to others. In, In the, the healing, healing presence, presence of Christ, we gather, we worship, hoping, grieving, worried, remembering, celebrating, and resting in him.
Brothers and sisters, let us join together in our prayer of confession found in your bulletin. And let us pray together. Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, honestly, we are often dissatisfied with our lives. We recognize the gap that exists between what we are, the content of our lives, and what we want to be, content. Lord, we know our failures, and we feel guilty because you know them. We feel shame because others also know. Help us to hear and believe the good news that in you we are loved in spite of our failures, forgiven in spite of our guilt, and accepted in spite of our shame. Inspire us by your love and grace and grant us the spiritual strength to follow and serve you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Brothers and sisters, as forgiven and reconciled people, I'll invite you to stand as we join together in affirming our faith of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you are welcome to be seated. I'll invite children to come forward. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Stand back up. We're gonna, we'll sing the Gloria Patria, and as we sing, the children can come forward and hang out with me for a moment. test the knees one more time. Hey friends, how are you? Good. Good, wonderful. I have a question for you. What do you see on my shirt? Can you see there's little things all over the shirt? What do they look like? Flowers. They look like flowers? They're not quite flowers. No, mushrooms. I have mushrooms all over my shirt. Do you know why? Because I'm a fungi. <laughs> I had to get it in there at some point. Do you know about mushrooms? Well, first of all, do you like mushrooms? No. You don't like to eat mushrooms? Because they taste kind of slimy, and they don't have always a good flavor to them. They're kind of, ugh. And sometimes you can see them in salads, and we don't even like salads, do we? No. Oh, you like salad? Do you like mushrooms? No. Oh, just salads without mushrooms. Okay. 
Mushrooms are really cool, though. And I'm going to teach you one funny thing about mushrooms, okay? They are from a, a group of family called the Myceliums. And I'm checking to see if Rhett's out here to correct me on the pronunciation of that. Myceliums. It's a group, a family of plants. And uh, mycelium plants, like mushrooms, are connected one to another. So when, if you were walking through the woods, uh, or maybe even in your own yard, and you saw a mushroom in the ground, that mushroom is connected underneath the ground to mushrooms all over the world. Isn't that crazy? They're connected all to one together. That is wild. Mushrooms are crazy connected to each other. Now, why do I talk about mushrooms? Well, because I think mushrooms, even though they may taste kind of funny, even though they may be a little bit slimy, well, that kind of reminds us of the church. Not that we are tasteless and slimy, but that we are all connected. You know, we read in the Bible about how uh, as two or three or more are gathered, there Jesus is, there God is. And look, do you see more than two or three people out here? Yes. So that we know for sure that God is here with us, connected with us. And all of these people out here and you sitting up here are all connected one to another because of Jesus. We're all connected. There's going to be lots of places that you go to in life where you might feel like a lone mushroom. You just pop up in a yard somewhere and don't see any other mushrooms around. That might be something where you feel like you're alone. But I want you to know that no matter where you are, that you, just like mushrooms, are connected with people all over the world because of Jesus, because of that love, because of that, that family and that relationship that we have. So uh, I will send you off with the hope that you are also not bad tasting and slimy. And if you need a bath, that's a good thing. But you are like a mushroom in that. Do you remember that funny word, mycelium? And you can say, now when you go out of here, you can say, I too am a fun guy. You'll get that at some point. Early biology classes, I think we'll share it with you. All right, I'm gonna say a prayer and I'm gonna send you off with Miss Teresa over here, okay? Let's say prayer. Holy God, thank you so much for creating us so wonderfully connected just like mushrooms. Teach us through creation that you are finding ways to love us and to keep us together in so many amazing ways. God, we ask this in your blessing and all God's people said, amen. Amen and amen. You guys can head off that way. We'll see you later, okay?
Good morning. Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Your eyes miss nothing, O God. You look not only at the things we can see, but also inside, where we can only imagine. Open our eyes this day to see as you see. Open our ears to hear as you speak. Open our hearts to receive your wisdom, to know your voice, your truth, your grace. As we come together to your word, lead us in your way. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson today is Psalm 148, found in the Pew Bible on page 582 of the Old Testament section. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. Thus ends the first reading. Thank you so much, Fred, for that reading. As we join together for the gospel reading, I invite you to stand. Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 7 through 10. Hear now the word of God. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Amen. Amen. You may sit down. Good morning, church. 
great to see you. If you're a guest today, I am Ray, one of the pastors here, and we're delighted to have you. It's a, a wonderful day today. We have already, uh, for some of us, already heard a couple of hours of our guest today, and I could spend the rest of the day with him. Uh, this man is a man who loves God, loves family, is humble, and you might think a little lazy when I, hear, when I read this introduction about him. Matthew Sleeth is a medical doctor and co-founder of Blessed Earth, a former emergency room physician and chief of the hospital medical staff. He resigned that position to teach, preach, and write about faith and health. Dr. Sleeth has spoken at more than 1,000 churches, campuses, events, recognized by Newsweek magazine as one of the nation's most influential Christian leaders. Dr. Sleeth is the executive director of Blessed Earth and author of numerous articles and books. I have to read all this because I couldn't remember it all, including Reforesting Faith and 24-6. His most recent book, Hope Always, How to Be a Force for Life in a Culture of Suicide, released in May of 2021. And Dr. Sleeth lives in Lexington, Kentucky with Nancy, his wife of over 40 years. Their grown children serve with their families in full-time Christian ministry as medical missionaries in Africa. Sleeth has been featured in publications such as Newsweek, Christianity Today, Books and Culture, Creation and Care Magazine, Guidepost, The Huffington Post, The San Francisco Chronicle, Grist, and more. And been in films such as The Great Warming and Start, Becoming a Good Samaritan. You know, um, Tom and Carol Sineth uh, were the ones who helped us uh, get Matthew Sleeth here. And uh, it is a strange topic for church. Without an, That in itself is an indictment against church. We as a people, as a community, as a faith community, should be a place, a harbor place, a sanctuary where people can come and hear about the things that are important in their lives and the hope that our faith has to offer. And that in a nutshell is what Matthew Sleeth brings. Will you do me a favor not to applaud Matthew Sleeth, but his calling and his gift to serve the people of the world where some people don't want to serve? Will you give him a big front street welcome? Dr. Matthew Sleeth. Good morning. Is my microphone on? I think so. I, uh, pardon? Oh, thank you. I, uh, before I even do anything here, I want you all to say hi to each other. Some churches, they call this passing the peace. Um, the Bible says that we're supposed to greet each other with a holy kiss. I've often wondered what the difference between a regular kiss and a holy kiss is. <laughs> But with my wife, it's about two minutes. But just say hi, hi to your neighbor, and then I'll start, okay? If anybody's still kissing, you got to stop. <clears throat> I, I, it's been 10 years since I've been here. And I, first of all, just want to thank you. I understand that my son came here and spoke, and 
He's a pediatrician in Africa, and I just want to thank you all, those of you here who uh, support him. Whenever somebody's nice to your kids, you automatically like them, right? It's just <laughs> the way it is. I want to start by reading uh, a proverb because our conversation is going to be about suicide. And I have to tell you that in the entire United States, out of the hundred thousands of churches that are meeting this morning, we may be one of the only ones discussing this topic. But we don't discuss it in abstraction. Scripture uh, instructs us to talk about this. This is Proverbs 24, um, verses 11 and 12. If you hold back from rescuing those taken away to death, those who go staggering to the slaughter. If you say, look, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay all according to their deeds? So in that, there is not only a warning, which I think a lot of people would hear, but also an implied blessing that, that to engage in saving someone's life, um, the Lord takes note of and, and will bless you for that. And so I would like uh, to just say that maybe we're all entering into a blessing here by discussing something that maybe no other church in the United States is talking about this morning. And yet uh, the subject of suicide uh, is something that touches so many. I'd like you, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, to raise your hand and leave it up for a moment if you have had someone that is a friend or a family member, not just somebody you heard about, but a friend or a family member so, um, that has either tried to take their own life or taken their own life. Raise your hand. Just look how many hands are up. You can put them down. So to have something where at least half the hands in, in a church go up and not discuss it seems to me odd, especially when Scripture tells us uh, to address this. Uh, suicide is uh, a devastating thing. If you've lost somebody, a friend or a family member, you know that it's a different kind of death than any other death uh, because there's often feelings of guilt or uh, even anger uh, around that. Suicide affects people for generations even. It's been studied. Uh, and so it has an enormous impact. And we live in a time where the rate of suicide has just gone over, um, according to the Center for Disease Control, it's gone over the all-time high that was ever experienced in this country and that was during the 1930s, a period of time aptly named the Great Depression. And we have passed the mark that they were uh, at in the Great Depression. But that statistic is skewed because the technology has completely changed in, uh, since 1930. In the last about 100 years, we've developed modern medicine. <laughs> And so because of that, the majority of people who attempt to take their own lives are saved, thank God. 
But if we were to subtract the technology that we have today, um, subtract the, our 9-11 system, trauma centers, air ambulances, ground ambulances, drugs that reverse overdoses, chemical assays to figure out what somebody's taken, ventilators to support people on when uh, they've knocked out their own respiratory drive, uh, trauma centers that, that make it possible that 20% of people who even shoot themselves or jump from buildings are saved. If we were to subtract all of that, our suicide rate today would be somewhere between 100 to 300 times higher than it is. Because during the coming year, 10 million Americans are going to wrestle with whether to take their own lives, and a million and a half of them are going to end up in emergency departments. And most of them are saved. But that doesn't mean we're in a good place. And I gave an example in the, in the question and the answer that um, I was in my hometown of Lexington. And it's just a little story that's a little lighter than suicide to illustrate this point. And there's a place, I was going to the hardware store, and there's a place where all the traffic slows down very suddenly often. Every town has one of those places where they're sweeping the glass up off the street all the time because the rear end collisions. This is one of those. And sure enough, I was going too fast and I had to slam on my brakes and I stopped. Great news, right? I didn't hit the car in front of me. But then I looked in my rear view mirror to see what my fate was going to be. And there was a young man in an SUV and his hands were over the steering wheel and he was texting and I prepared myself for whiplash. And then he dropped his cell phone, his mouth went wide open because his car slammed on the brakes for him. And we didn't have an accident because his brand new Mercedes-Benz SUV did the work for him. Does that mean he's a good driver? No. Does that mean that his mommy shouldn't take his key fob away from him and severely punish him by taking his cell phone connection away for 10 minutes? No. Technology is what prevented us from having an accident. And technology is shielding us from the full extent of the desperation in society now. I think of all the statistics I've seen, one that just was released recently, by the Center for Disease Control was about young women, teenagers in the United States who are female. They said that 57% of them wake up persistently hopeless and thinking about suicide every single day, 57%. That's a majority. And that's the world we're living in right now. And, um, and so we might ask, what should we as a church do about this? God did not call all of us to be um, therapists or pharmacologists or, and, and to help in that. What should the church do about this? And I think the first thing that we have to do is acknowledge that it is a job of the church to address this issue. And I'm, uh, you've got new pastors here, so I'm not putting them on the spot. Who here has heard a sermon about suicide? That's the response in every church. Uh, the church has remained utterly silent on this. And if we backed up 
from 200 years going backwards in Western society, the church was the only institution that, was, that took the responsibility of preventing suicide. And the church 300 years ago, 500 years ago, did a better job than our healthcare system with a trillion dollars a year is doing. That's a sobering thought, but it's also a very hopeful thought because the church can have a very, very powerful influence on this. I think the first thing that we have to do as a church is say, what does Scripture say about this? And Scripture does not leave us without advice here. As far as I know, and I have read the Ramayana and the Bhagavad Gita and the Koran and some other sacred texts of the world, Scripture, our Holy Bible, is the only book that tells us where suicide comes from. Adam and Eve were in the garden, in paradise, and they were told there's only one thing you can't do. And if you do this one thing, you will be killing yourself. You will surely die in that day. And this was God giving the instructions, so we know that the instructions were clear and that they were understood. And yet, nonetheless, Adam and Eve did that one thing that would result in their destruction of themselves. And they were not alone. Somebody was egging them on to do it. And if you go through Scripture, you will find that Satan is trying to get us to kill ourselves. Just like that Scripture that was read from John 10 this morning. Jesus crystallizes this. He says, the thief, Satan, comes to rob and kill and destroy. I came that you might have life. This is a battle that's been going on since the garden. And we're in the midst of it, and we are losing the battle as a society. Uh, and so we find that, that if you, you run through Scripture, you see that, by the way, humans are the only creature on this planet that takes their own lives. Scientists have looked for a century to find some animal model to use to study suicide, and you can't find it. No animal takes their own life. And we see Satan going through Scripture, trying to get people to kill themselves. It happens in the book of Job. Even when Satan and Christ meet each other in the wilderness, one of the things that Satan tries to get Christ to do is jump off a high tower to kill himself. And so, and, and when Satan enters into Judas, Judas not only betrays the Lord, but then takes his own life. If you come from the backside of this in Scripture, you remember that scene of Jesus meeting the demoniac, the, the man who had legion of demons in him. And Jesus cast those demons out into a herd of pigs, a giant herd of pigs. What did the herd of pigs do? They went and they killed themselves. The one thing that animals will not do. The Bible is very consistent about where this comes from, who wants you dead, and who wants you alive. And, and the church, I believe, needs to, to, to go back to Scripture and to get its wisdom from this. By the way, if, if you or someone you know struggles with suicidal thoughts, 
they are not alone. Go read Psalm 88. <laughs> I believe it's where Simon and Garfunkel got the song, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. Literally, I'm not joking there. Literally, that's where the song came from. Uh, there are many people in the Bible who suffered from depression and, and suicidal thoughts. Moses, Elijah, Jonah, goes on and on. Um, but uh, when you study what they did and when they cried out to God and what God did, you, you see that God is quite aware that this is part of the human condition. And um, having uh, depression, having thoughts of harming yourself does not prevent somebody from being a Christian. It doesn't prevent them from being a great Christian. If we were to subtract people who had severe depression from Christianity, we would lose Mother Teresa, we would lose George Frederick Handel, we would lose Charles Spurgeon, on and on. And so it doesn't mean that you can't be welcome in church struggling with depression, but I think to come to a church and have a struggle and not be able to share it with others is the real problem going on here. The fact that the church has remained quiet on this and it's particularly disturbing to me the suicide statistics, what they really show is not only that it's risen by 2% a year for over 20 years, but that the, that the groups doing it are getting younger and younger and younger. In my town, we had a 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14 year old all take their own lives within uh, uh, three-month period of time and so this is just real it's 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 out there and to reverse all of culture in a couple of moments I'm not going to be able to do and in the first service I went over time and I won't do that here uh, but uh, we, I, 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 I brought books you can take them uh, I don't care you can get them online if you want to do that I think we have to bring ourselves up to speed as far as what does the Bible say, what's the state of what's going on, and how do we reach out to others and help them uh, with this and help them through this. And I want to relate uh, just a, a, a story of this. I was in a church, in a service, talking about suicide. And it happened to be that in this uh, church service, it was all men. And um, I, I got to the part where I was talking about Paul and Silas. And in the book of Acts, it's recorded that Paul and Silas are in jail in Philippi. And they've been in, thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. And uh, it's around midnight and Paul and Silas are praying and singing, and they not only pray up a storm, they pray up an earthquake. <laughs> and the entire jail that they're in is, is, is rocked, and the, the lamps are knocked over, and the doors that were affixed to the stone walls, the stones cracked and the doors fall open. And the jailer comes and, and finds the jail dark, and the doors knocked off and Paul and Silas and the other prisoners the jailer thinks have escaped 
and the jailer says, must have said it out loud, I'm going to kill myself. And he had a sword, and he's going to fall on the sword. That's what you did back then. And I turned to that group of men in that church service, and I said, now imagine you're in jail, and all you've got to do to get out is stay quiet. What would you do? And I got to tell you, this group really leaned forward because I was in Little Sandy, maximum security prison. This was a real scenario that they could get their heads around. And, and I said, but what Paul did, because when Jesus is in the house, Paul called out. And what Paul called out, very simply, he said, don't hurt yourself. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. And I believe that this generation and young people in your life and others need to hear, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And the next thing that happens in that, that particular scenario is that the light is brought in. And the jailer and his whole family become believers and are baptized. Sounds supernatural almost, doesn't it? I was, uh, when this book first came out two years ago, I was on a radio show in Louisville, Kentucky. And the two hosts of the radio show are two pastors. Uh, and they, they have real big men's ministry. Um, they hold a breakfast every year that about 7,000 guys come to in the town. They know people. Um, uh, they know what makes uh, men in particular um, tick. And the, we all went out to lunch before the radio show. And one of them turned to me and he said, I got, I got a favor to ask you. He said, I, there's somebody from my uh, youth that I've recently uh, gotten back in touch with. And he said, this is uh, a man who um, his uh, son, he's lost a son and a son-in-law to this. And he has a gun and he has a plan to take his own life. Would you mind if he sat in the studio while we talked about this? No pressure. He's not a Christian. He hasn't been involved in church or anything. But would you mind if he just heard us discuss this. And so we, we let that man uh, sit in the studio. And um, I think even if he was in this room, he would allow me to say, this, was a, this is a kind of scary looking guy. <laughs> and um, he looked like he could do violence. Uh, at the end of just discussing it, like we're doing here, we put our hands on that man and prayed for him, that the Lord would heal him, that he would hear, we're all here, don't harm yourself. I was sent a picture about five days later of him being baptized. And you think, well, that's really great. But you know, people can do things impulsively, <laughs> even good things, and maybe that's not gonna last. I was back in Louisville about two months ago speaking, and this man found out, and he came and he gave me what has happened to his life in the last two years. 
and it is a story of life. I didn't do anything special. Those two pastors didn't do anything special. Basically, what that man heard was, we're all here, don't kill yourself, and God loves you. And so I'm not going to try to spin out more statistics or anything. I'm going to leave you with that, that there is absolute hope. And I get the letters from people now um, that their lives have been saved simply because their church or people around them have said, we're here, we love you, and we will walk through this with you. And we will give you a book that tells you how to live life. Amen? Let me pray for us before we um, break up. And Jay, where, where are the books uh, for people? Are they, right? So they're going to be in the Heritage Center where we're going to take you immediately after this service. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, we, we're probably going to run out. Probably going to run out because we're asking people if they get one, get two to yeah. give one away. Well, you know that saying, the early bird gets the worm. But as my little son said the first time I ever heard this saying, yeah, but the second mouse gets the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the end of that joke is. All right. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I pray that that blessing that you tell us about in Proverbs 24, 11 and 12 would fall on this church and that you would grow it in love and that it would be a beacon a, a lighthouse uh, to those not only within its walls that are struggling, uh, but those outside, and that this light of yours would continue to grow and grow, and that people's lives would be saved, and that they would be given purpose and meaning anew, and that they would be so blessed that they would be a blessing to others. And I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the risen Lord in whom we put all of our trust and hope. Amen. Thank you. Amen and amen. Brothers and sisters, with one voice collected together, will you pray with me our Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, as the ushers come forward, we continue to invite you to uh, give in all the ways that you have to the ministries of this church for the opportunities that we have to serve at places like Eastlawn and here in our community. Uh, and even in the farthest stretches of Africa and other countries around the world. What a blessing it is.
invite you to remain standing for our closing hymn. So we really would invite you to go to the Heritage Center today to give your appreciation to Dr. Sleeth, but also pick up one of the books. The charge of those books is whatever you decide. And uh, if we run out, we can get more. But I want you to just say thanks to him. Also, I want to say thank you to those people sitting in your seat. You give extraordinary gifts to Stefan and the team here that serve you. And to take chances like today, to say we as a community are going to stand for our kids and for our young adults and for our older adults. We want to be the people that can stand in the gap and say you are loved unconditionally and the Lord we serve can see you through and we will not abandon you. Thank you for that. And I look forward to seeing you in a moment over in the Heritage Center. We're not going to stand at the back, but come out and come over to the Heritage Center and greet Matthew and um, by at least 10 of his books, yes, Stefan. With that, I just want to practice our mantra one more time. Will you with me? A deep breath in. 
and on the breath out, content, content. One more time. Breathe in and out, content, content. Go in peace. Thank you.